on the drive segment for cross streams podcast kip here by myself i'm taking this one on solo um and this one is a direct reaction today to the 6-3 decision by the supreme court mainly the conservative side actually entirely the conservative side uh ending affirmative action for higher institutions of higher education um and this you know today i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna lie to you guys i started today with a lot of rage um woke up saw the decision i knew it was coming you know, if you if you follow the news, if you follow current events, you knew kind of this was on the horizon and most likely with the makeup of the court, this was going to happen. Um, but that, that didn't change how I feel and probably a lot of you feel out there. You know, I'm a I'm a 44 year old man in a brown body of culture that has always been raised and believe in the, the reason behind affirmative action, the need for affirmative action and the state of the country we're in has not changed to the point where we don't need affirmative action anymore. So I started today with a lot of rage. Um, I actually coordinated with a lot of people that I usually coordinate with on these topics, you know, David and Kane, number one. Uh, and then Asim Rostogi, who's one of the best DEI presenters in the country and, and fortunately enough, a friend of mine and somebody that I trust on these topics. So I'm going to bring him on tomorrow. Um, him and Kyle Cavanaugh, his his podcast partner on Essential Coaching Conversations, they're doing their own pod today on this, but I'm going to have Asim guest star uh, tomorrow with us and we'll get into it with and bring his expertise to the table. But I wanted to do addition on the drive for myself today. Um, and when I say that I started today with rage, I processed through to action. And typically for me, it's where can I give some money to organizations that are better positioned to fight? Um, who can I read? Who can I retweet? Who can I amplify in their messaging? Um, and then I, I get to the pod normally, you know, in these, uh, you know, big world picture things that are outside my career and kind of what I do. And without a team these days, this is really weird for me with this one of these big life events happening in the world that typically this would have been a text, a tweet, a conversation with my players and my staff. I don't have one anymore. Uh, so it was really me uh, bombarding my kids today, Lincoln and Leah, especially my wife, obviously, and her and I discussed it. Um, but that's my action pieces. And this is part of that. And then I got bogged down for about two hours in hopelessness. Right. Like, what the hell can I do as an entrepreneur, a speaker on certain topics? But I don't have direct influence on this anymore. Um, but that's what I think some of these decisions want you to do is ah, I can't change. The world sucks. I'll go about my day and somebody else will make it better. Um, but now I'm, I'm here there. I got through the hopelessness as well. And I'm here now in this mode, kind of, a, you know, fuck it. I'm going to speak my truth. I'm going to share some of my lived experiences that do directly relate to affirmative action. And if it motivates someone that listens today to Addition on the Drive, it motivates someone somewhere to make a change in their thinking or pause and ask the why behind their belief system, uh, good. If it doesn't, I don't care because I got to experience some catharsis and I got to um, say what I want to say, get it off my chest, and, and maybe I can move forward with, with some other, other motivations around this thing. So, so that's where I'm coming from with this Addition on the Drive. Like I mentioned, I'll rant and rave here. And then tomorrow I'll bring a seam on for, for a deeper conversation with somebody that does the work of, of educating in a lot of white spaces to diversity, equity, inclusion, and on a lot of higher institutions of higher education campuses. So that's where we're at today. Now, what I want you to do next, if you're driving, I want you to pause me in a second. I want you to pause this, this rant I'm going to go on. And I want you to go read two articles before you come back. So finish your drive if you're doing it. Uh, hit pause, go read these two articles I'm about to name, and then come back and hit go. Because this, I think we do this a lot. 
in this, I want to make sure I'm careful that I don't for myself because I want to protect and amplify the voices of people that know more. But I also don't want to get bogged down in trying to educate people out there to shit you should already know. Because there's some intellectual laziness happening in our country where we have reframed expertise as something bad, where we have reframed and we've embraced being stupid and ignorant about something, calling it real or calling it, that's just me. When all the answers and the education we need to engage in conversations like this about why affirmative action should not have been struck down relies you to do some damn work. So I want you to go out there. And this could be folks that, that hey, listen, Kim, I'm on board with you. I want you to still go read these two pieces because I do not want to be plagiarizing, bastardizing, or, exp or regurgitating what these authors have done in a much better, more succinct, more profound more verified manner than I can do. I want to be able to share my lived experience on top of it, but I don't want to be quoting them for half an hour when you all should go do the work. Cause I did this myself too. So first article before you, after you press pause, I want you to go and I want you to find uh, the author. This is race neutral is the new separate, but equal. That's the title of the article in the Atlantic race. Neutral is the new separate, but equal race by definition has never been neutral. I want you to go. This is from Dr. Ibram X. Kendi okay, and Uma Mazik Hakumar. And if I said that wrong, it's my fault. I'll learn better and I'll be better. Those are the two authors. Obviously, Dr. Kendi's phenomenal, How to Be an Anti-Racist, national bestseller. You should go read that article right now. Oh, Kip, it's behind a paywall. You get three free ones from The Atlantic. Go read it. Okay, It's a history lesson. It's an argument against what the court decided today, all fused together by brilliant writers. Go read it. Second one, especially those of you that are pissed off or those of you that think affirmative action existed at the expense of white people. You're an aggrieved white person. You're listening like, Kip, I love you, but white people were getting shut out because of affirmative action. I want you to take your ass right now to the nation.com. I want you to look up Ellie Mistal. You might have seen Ellie Mistal if you, if you are on MSNBC. You should be following him. A brilliant legal mind, black legal mind. And his article you need to read before you can go any further with my rant is the Supreme Court has killed affirmative action. Mediocre whites can rest easier. That is the title. Let me repeat that. The Supreme Court has killed affirmative action. Mediocre whites can rest easier. And the under the subheading is the court ended one of our most effective social justice policies because anything that isn't seen to primarily benefit white people is anathema to this country. Go read those. Hit pause on Kip right now. Okay, you're back now. You read Dr. Kendi and his co-author's piece. You read Ellie's piece. So now you should have a firm footing in the origins of affirmative action. You should have a firm footing in the facts and the data that support in places affirmative action has been instituted Numbers for black and brown bodies in higher educational systems that traditionally were all white have gone up. You should also have support and factual data that in the state, California, where it's been out, affirmative action has been out in California for a couple decades, the numbers of black and brown bodies in predominantly dominantly white institutions has gone down. So you can see the actual results of what this is going to do. So I don't want to have that argument. I'm not, I'm not going to rant and rave about that argument because the facts are there. The data is there. And if you don't know the data, you're operating purely on feeling and aggrieved feelings. And I don't want to talk to you. 
I want you to go do some education, then come back. Because we cannot exist in this arena on a level playing field if you don't at least have those two articles to come with. Now, there is a vast amount of more information available right now on your phone at your fingertips that you can go get. And if you don't want to, don't listen no more. Okay? But let, let me tell you where I've existed the last 23 years of my life. Okay? Brown body of culture, state of Montana, Polynesian descent. My mom's white, obviously. Pops is Samoan. Okay, so I've been brown my whole life. I came out to Willamette University, predominantly white institution in Salem, Oregon. Now, Oregon is a blue state. That does not make Oregon diverse. Oregon votes liberally. Oregon is a is a great place for me in terms of political beliefs, leaning Democrat often from Portland through Eugene on I-5. That doesn't make it a place of a lot of African-American population, black population. There's a growing and large Latino population. I taught for eight years at McKay High School here in Salem, which at the time when I was there, I don't know if it still is, was categorized as the most diverse school in the state. It was also one of the least funded schools in the state. Okay. I then transitioned and coached. Well, while I was there, I was an assistant coach, but I kept coaching at Willamette University where I just finished at before being let go. 14 consecutive years of recruiting to the sport of basketball, to a predominantly white institution of higher education that was private. And by the time I left, cost $63,000 a year out of pocket before you take into account any awards coming to kids. I coach men's basketball. When you'd have to be living under a rock since about 1955 to not understand that men's basketball is a sport whose best players and the predominant number of great players happen to be black and brown bodies. Football being similar, probably the only direct correlation in this country. So I've spent the last 14 years where my paycheck was tied directly to my ability to find black and brown bodies that could play basketball and get into Willamette University and pay for Willamette University. And this is where my experience with affirmative action is multifaceted and layered. Okay, number one, the scholarship that brought me to Willamette University no longer exists. When I was growing up, my parents both had jobs. Cass and Rhonda both were educators. They did not have the money to pay for me to go play basketball at Willamette University. The scholarship that I got through a 3.97 GPA, which is not a 4.0, which many kids in my group were going up with, I was going up against. That scholarship, the G. Herbert Smith scholarship, no longer exists in the, in the faceted dip. It was a full ride for tuition and room and board for me. And one of the main reasons I was in the pool, because my GPA was not as good as everyone else's. It was good. But I was in there because I was an athlete. I was a male. The school was lacking. I was a minority. Those three things. What the Supreme Court did today was take out the fact that I was a minority. It did not take out the fact that I got preferential look at because I was a man and because I was an athlete. Those are still there. It was purely race that they took out today. So that scholarship no longer exists. That scholarship was the only reason I came from Montana and ended up in Oregon playing basketball. And I think through any effective measure, contributing to the community I've lived in ever since. Got a master's degree, coached public education, coached 14 seasons. The reason I bring that up from my lived experience is because then you fast forward to when I was just finished recruiting. 
And one of my frustrations at a brown body of culture with staff of, of black, white, and brown bodies as well was trying to make sure my team room reflected the diversity of the world and reflected the diversity that I wanted it to, to give all of my players, black, brown, and white, the best possible experience. Because when you're in and you embrace culture, throw out this colorblind nonsense, throw out this I don't see color bullshit, and say, actually, I do see color and I embrace all of it and I want all of it. Because then you get perspective challenge, you get stories shared, you get lived experience shared, and suddenly you get shifts in behavior, beliefs, and you get closer communities. So I wanted my team room to reflect that. One of my proudest moments at Willamette, we started five black players. One season for four games. It hasn't been done before or since. Because it's exceptionally hard. Oh, Kip, what are you talking about? You could recruit. You could go get affirmative action. Let me tell you, what you guys think affirmative action is, is not what it was. Affirmative action was not, Kip, you can go get a black player that shouldn't get into Willamette, and you'll get him instead of the white player that should have got in. It's not it at all. Affirmative action allowed a place like Willamette, who in policy, and I would say a vast majority of the people that work in admissions and drive the, the bus at Willamette, a vast majority of those people wanted to see a diverse campus. However, the institutions, and if you read these articles, you know it, the institutions of, that deploy a bunch of different admission metrics and barriers to entry, one of the very small gates they could open through affirmative action existed. All the other gates that are there and close the door on black and brown bodies are systemically racist and inherently a product of the history of this country. Oh, Kip, they got a better GPAs. All the kids that have GPAs, GPAs are not created equal in the eyes of private institutions and higher institutions that are public as well. Kip, what are you talking about? Let me tell you what I'm talking about. A 3.7 GPA and a 3.7 GPA, one white player, one brown player, black and brown body player. This happened to me numerous times. Coach Chris Horton can attest to be in these conversations with people and people, because at Division Three, remember, I can't just give a scholarship. They have to get admitted. They have to get a package to come in. M many meetings where Coach Chris, Coach Chris is black, the new head coach, um, at Warren Wilson, Division Three institution in North Carolina. Very proud of him. We were in meetings where people told me his 3-7, your black and brown bodied player, is not equivalent to the 3-7 of the white player. And we'd say, what the hell are you talking about? 3-7's a 3-7. But we're talking about meritocracy. No, Kip, the 3-7 at that school that your black player comes from is not the same because his C-E-E-B is not the same as the school C-E-E-B of the white player you're talking about. And I said about four years ago, what the hell is a CEEB? The CEEB is a college code used by admissions across the country to designate value and worth of educations from different high schools. The college board CEEB code will tell you based upon a number of factors, all of which are directly affected by systemic racism and historical prejudice in this country. Number of teachers that teach higher level courses, the amount of higher level courses offered, the supposed strength and rigor of the curriculum at these said institutions. So my inner city player that I recruit out of New Orleans, Las Vegas, Dallas, Seattle, all the places that we recruit from, Los Angeles, his school would have a CEEB code lower than a kid that went to a private school because mommy and daddy could afford it. His CEB code from his school would be lower because the public white institution that the other kid went to could afford, had a higher budget, could afford to hire better teachers because they could pay more. And those teachers would then, in turn, 
teach more of the AP courses, private institutions, and liberal arts and higher education are looking for. So, for example, if my young man from inner city Dallas took three of three AP courses at his class, at his school that were offered, because they did not have the budget to recruit a ton of teachers to teach that many courses, he would have a lower grading, even though he had the same 3.7 GPA as a white kid who took a three, had 3.7 GPA, but his school had 52 AP IB courses, and he only took three as well. You'd think the ratio, I took three of the three offered, would be higher. It wasn't. It was the amount available equal to a quote-unquote better school. So when we brought up our misgivings about said policy by saying, hey, so you are now punishing the black and brown-bodied family for raising their kid where they do, and all of you out there, if you're like, well, you can just move. How many times you moved in the past decade just to make sure your CEB code was right? How many times y'all do that? So when this person is stuck in that zip code, they have to go to that school. Well, you can just transfer. Maybe you can because you have a two-parent household with two cars and you can afford to take time off work every morning to transfer your child to a transferred school district X amount of minutes away. Many can't. I'm at work before my kids go to school. They take the bus. So when we told them, well, you're literally punishing and I by them I'm not talking about the people of the institution I work for this is the setting and the score set up through the CEB code that many many institutions adopt you're punishing them for a history of redlining we live here we're f they live there they have a benefit that happened and now you're telling me that affirmative action is no longer needed to help offset what black and brown bodies are facing once again read the articles listen to my lived experience call your bullshit Next, Kip, hey, this decision on affirmative action doesn't mean co colleges and universities can't keep looking for ways to drive diversity. Let me give you one of the ways they might drive diversity. They're going to make kids that are 18 years old write essays to share their lived experience. So now it's on an 18-year-old to tell most likely a white admissions counselor through writing what the lived experience of a black or brown body person is. And then that person will put a financial value on their writing skills that equates to the financial value of their lived experience. I've had admissions counselors in the past year tell me I didn't give your black and brown bodied recruit the same amount of funding in their recruitment and their admissions to this school because I didn't like how they uh, enunciated and exp expressed to me in their writing what it's like to be a black man in their particular place. This was from a white admissions counselor, female. So my lived experience tells me affirmative action was still needed and affirmative action wasn't even being deployed in the way it could be to help people arrive at my institution where you had to be rich to attend and play, to attend and enjoy the richness of the people on the campus. Second, these institutions, even like I think mine, where I previously worked at, had the, had the intention and at least the moral belief that diversity was to be championed. You know what they're terrified of? Mediocre white parents suing the shit out of them if they continue practices that allow them to en enroll black and brown bodies. Because the second one of the white parents decides their 3.2 GPA white student didn't get in to an institution of higher education, that it was because a school violated affirmative action let in a 3.2 GPA black or brown student, they're going to get a lawyer and they're going to sue the shit out of these institutions. And there's one thing that moves institutions faster than morality or belief systems. 
It's lawsuits, litigation, crisis management, economic dollars. So don't tell me there's a path forward for schools to just do the right thing. Finally, in my rant, and I'm excited for Asim Rastogi to come on here tomorrow and, and deep dive more with me. And once again, you should be reading and educating yourself. There are still ways to get into school without being actually, quote unquote, deserving of it. Legacy. Legacy, legacy, legacy. Legacy admissions is the practice of your parents went here, come on in. Your grandparents came in here, your grandfathered in. Your uncle's third brother came here and you have enough money through donation, you can go to this school. Your first generation student pulling himself up by the quote unquote bootstraps, overcoming the system through your hard work, tough shit, CEB code. You over there, you've done a damn thing. You got actually a worse GPA, but your grandfather went here. Come on in. Read the stats. 75% of people at Harvard and Yale that are white are there through donations or legacy. They don't deserve it either. The black and brown body didn't take your kid's place in the Ivy League. Somebody's junior did. Finally, and I'm a proponent of sports. I believe in the power of sports. I actually built my entire business, my entire career around the idea that sports team rooms can change the world. I believe in the power of sports, but you know what sports are? Affirmative action for athletes to get into schools. Anybody take that away? Or you still want to tailgate on Saturdays? What about this? You got your resume right now. You have your resume right now. What do you got at the bottom of your resumes? References. Why don't you take references off? What are you talking about, Kip? References tell them who I am. I don't want to be just a piece of paper. Nobody does. Your lived experience, who you are encapsulates all of your being, not just stats and numbers. You want to take the references off your resume and you just get to be stats? You think you got the job you got without the reference you have? I thought you told me all the world is about networking and relationships. Not according to this decision. We're race neutral. We don't need, we don't need extra. All right, it's a meritocracy, remember? You can just get in. Half y'all got the job you got, me included, because you knew somebody. You didn't get it off your merits. You might have earned it later when you got there. So don't be selective today. Don't be selective in, you know what? I'm glad that's gone. That'll be even code. No, it's not, because you're still going to have mommy call. No, it's not. You're still going to tell them about grandma. No, it's not. You're still going to have your uncle donate six figures. And if they get a building named after him, then you can get in too. This decision is rooted in at the very least. As Katanji Brown Jackson, Justice Katanji Brown Jackson wrote, ostrich like denial of the reality of the world we live in. Racism ain't gone. If anything, racism is on the rise. People are more likely to say bullshit than they ever were. But the Supreme Court thinks racism has gone selectively in admissions processes, the institutions of higher learning. I call bullshit. You should be mad today. Kip, why are you yelling at me? I didn't have nothing to do with this. Did you say anything? Did you post anything? Did you like anything? Did you retweet anything? People tell me that all the time. Why do you spend so much time retweeting? That's the least I could do. That's the very least. People say, Kip, why do you wear these t-shirts with all these messages? That don't do nothing. Y'all won't put the t-shirt on because you're afraid of what the one person next door might say to you. I think there's a lot of good people that listen to our podcast. I think they're pissed and I'm speaking for them. There's some other people on the fence listening to our podcast. 
you don't listen to us anymore because of this? Cool. If you do, and you're like, God damn, Kip's right. There's more I can do. There's more I can say. There's more I can be. Absolutely. Let's go. I'd like to find some of that too. It's, 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 it's just us, baby.